0: All right, let's talk about a retirement strategy for a 59-year-old couple with $1.5 million saved for retirement. Now, they're not asking the question, can I retire? They're asking the question, what do we need to do in retirement to be more tax efficient, How can we let our retirement income elongate for our entire retirement life? And are there anything that we need to look for when it comes to social security, our investments, or just our retirement in general? That's what I wanna get into today on the Your Financial EKG YouTube channel. I wanna look at this couple. First of all, can we retire? And at what age can we retire? That's the first question we're gonna answer. The second question we're gonna answer, which is their main question for retirement, is how can we be more tax efficient? I wanna show you that. I wanna go through several different Roth conversion strategies as well as retirement income strategies, okay? Are you ready? Let's get into this right now. All right, so here are three different scenarios that we're gonna look at today. We have our current scenario, which is gonna be where these people are at right now and not making any changes, just looking at where they're at today. We're gonna look at a seven year Roth conversion and we're gonna repurpose some bank money. And then we're gonna look at a seven year Roth conversion without repurposing any bank money. So let's go to the current scenario first to really dive into this. So here we go, we got John and we've got Cindy. John is a pilot and Cindy is a homemaker. John's 60 years old, so he just turned 60. Cindy is 55 years old. Now their current gross monthly salary John makes about $15,000 a month as a pilot. Now, Cindy's a homemaker, so there's no salary there, and we also have her as retired. Now, the first thing I always like to look at anytime we're doing a retirement strategy is what about Social Security? When does it make the most sense for them to take Social Security? So for John and Cindy, I have them both taking social security at 67. Now that's their full retirement age. If you were born after 1960, 67 is your full retirement age for social security. What that means is you would get hundred percent of your promised social security benefit at age 67. If you take it earlier, if you take it at 62 or at 63 or 64, you're going to get a reduced benefit. Now, if you take it at 62, you'll get 70% of your full retirement Benefit. If you take it at 67, you'll get 100% of your promised full retirement benefit. And if you wait till 70, you'll actually get 124% of your full retirement benefit. Now we're going to look at taking at 67 for them just because of their expenses, and we'll get into all that, and I'll show you how that works. So. Cindy, we're gonna take it 67. Now, Cindy's gonna take a spousal benefit. So Cindy's been a homemaker for most of her life. She raised their boys, they homeschooled, so she was not really out in the workforce at all. So her social security right now, if she were to take her primary benefit, is only about $500 a month. So we wanna look at taking a spousal benefit. Now, she is 55 and John is 60. In order for her to take a spousal benefit, She has to be either 62 or 67, or somewhere in between 62 and 67, and John has to be taking Social Security. He has to be collecting in order for her to collect a spousal benefit, and she'll collect either 32% or 50% depending on when she decides to claim Social Security. So we're going to have her claiming spousal benefits at 67, which means she's going to get 50% of John's benefit as long as he's claiming Social Security. So we have John claiming at 67 as well. He's going to get $2,860 at 67 and she's going to get half of that which is $1,430 which she's going to get five years later because she is five years younger than John. Now there's not any pensions, so we don't have any pensions to factor in in this plan. From an asset standpoint, it's really simple. They've got three major assets. We've got about $1.4 million in a 401k, of which John is adding $3,404 per month with the company match. He has a brokerage account for $25,000 where he owns some stocks and some ETFs like Tesla and things that he just enjoys. And then they've got $100,000 in the bank of which they're adding $5,000 per month. So they've got $100,000 in the bank. They're adding about $5,000 a month to that, okay? Now, they've been doing that. Once he retires, that's gonna actually stop. In protected assets, they have their home, and it's worth about $650,000, and they do not have a mortgage. So they have a $650,000 home with no mortgage, okay? So now, the money that's in the market right now, if we look at their risk classification, okay, we've got about 93% of their money at risk. That's the 401k and that managed taxable brokerage account that John has. And what I mean by at risk is there is a risk that this money could go down based on market fluctuations, right? So if we're invested in the market, Nine times out of 10, we're going to be invested in vehicles that can go down. Now, if you own treasury bonds or a brokered CD or something like that within the market, obviously treasury bonds or treasury bills are backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. So there's not an issue there. But for John and Cindy, they don't own any T-bills. They don't own any T-bonds. Everything is at risk. So they've got about 93% of their money at risk. they've got about six percent which is low risk which is the hundred thousand dollars that's sitting in the bank from a tax standpoint this is where they're they're really concerned their current tax classification is 91 percent, almost 92 percent of their money is tax qualified meaning it's pre-tax so when they go to pull this money out for retirement income dollar for dollar is going to show up as ordinary income on their tax return and taxes right now are very low but taxes are going to go up so if you look at the current tax code it's very low but in 2025 that tax code is going to change and we're going to look at adjusting the tax code here in a little bit but we've got to be aware that taxes will not stay this low forever we've got about six percent of 1099 interest that's the money in the bank And we've got 1.65 of non-qualified money. Now, that's the Freedom Fund, which I always talk about on this channel. I want you to build up your Freedom Fund because this is gonna give you the freedom to retire whenever you want. They don't have that benefit at this point, but that's where we're at. So if we look at their portfolio, we've got $1.5 million in spendable assets. We've got about $650,000 in protected assets. So our total portfolio value is $2.1 million. And they're putting in $8,404 per month again when they retire that's going to end so that's going to end very very soon okay now the portfolio weighted average 5.67 percent that's what the money is getting in the market now remember the stock market's averaged eight percent with inflation since 1950 but we're always going to go behind that when it comes to rate of return because we want to be more conservative so what i've done is we've given a six percent rate of return before retirement meaning everything that they have before they retire, all their assets are gonna earn 6%. After retirement, it's also gonna earn 6%, but we're gonna have a future rate change. In 2033, so from about 10 years from now, okay, this is the year 2023, 10 years from now, we're gonna back off of being as aggressive and we're gonna go to a 4% rate of return. So we're gonna do a 6% rate of return until we retire, 6% after we retire, Ten years later, we're going to back off to a 4% rate of return, and we'll get into the market analysis on this here in just a second. Money in the bank, we're just going to do 1%. I don't know what the future rates are going to be for the bank. Hopefully, they're better than 1%. Hopefully, they're in the 4 and 5s, but I can't, I, you know, I can't predict that, so I can at least say with the market, I have some history to back up where we can go, okay? So we're going to save that. So now, let's go to expenses so their current monthly expenses are seven thousand dollars per month so they have a high expenses they live in a high cost area of florida so those are pretty normal expenses with property taxes and insurances and things like that they are a couple so their expenses are higher as a couple they don't have a mortgage so that's not in there which is thank, which is a good thing but just because of where they live it is a little bit more expensive to, to live and their, their costs are uh, showing that. We're going to give inflation a 3.27% for that $7,000 per year. Now if we really want to dig into their expenses we can also do an advanced expense plan at any time. Now we haven't done it with this couple but what this allows us to do is if anything in their life is going to change maybe their food cost is like $500 a month but they think that's going to end because they're not going to go out to eat as much in retirement you know John's on the road a lot as a pilot so he eats out a lot more so maybe when he's home and retired he won't eat out as much so we can bring that cost down but for this plan we're not doing that we're just showing the regular expenses now cash flows we don't have any kind of specified cash flows at this point this is where we're gonna throw in the broth conversions any kind of travel plans things like that this is just our current scenario we're gonna stay where we're at right now Okay, taxes. This is where they're really concerned. Now, in Florida, we don't have a state tax. God bless Florida. And so we really only have to worry about the federal tax. That's really where they are concerned. So currently, in the year 2023, their projected federal rate is 11.7%. Now, remember, John's salary is $190,000. We've got $40,000 in qualified contributions. That's what's going into the 401k. Got about $1,000 in 1099 interest, so our gross income is $150,000. Now, here's the number I want you to focus on. This deduction right here, $27,700. That's a married filing jointly deduction. That is a very high standard deduction. If you take this back to when Obama was president, that standard deduction for married is half of that and so that's really what i'm anticipating going forward is taxes are going to go up maybe not as much as you know bernie sanders wants but i think they're going to lower deductions which will increase revenue and they won't have to raise the brackets as much now i'm not being political i'm just kind of talking to you as i would talk to a friend so that means our taxable income is 122,515. so we're in the 22 percent overall bracket but our projected brackets 11.7 after the standard deduction and after are qualified charitable contributions. So if we look at this tax analysis, again, we've got about 1.3 million in qualified, 25 in non-qualified, and 100,000 in 1099. So what we wanna really try to do is how can we get more money out of this, qualified, into this right here? I really, I'd like to get over here into Roth. That's really where I wanna get it because what I wanna do is, let's look at this in like 2040, okay? So the year 2040, He's not working anymore, right? So John's done working, you're 2040, and let's say that taxes go up by 50%, okay? So that means the 10% bracket goes to 15, the 12 goes to 18, the 22 goes to 33, the 24 goes to 36, and the ter- 32 goes to 48, okay? So let's just assume taxes go up half. Now, we're, he's basically in the same level of income that he was when he was working, okay? So now we're 2040, right? So, we're 17 years from now. So, he's 77, same area where he was when he's working, and his projected federal rate's 18.57. So, we've jumped 7%. So, that's where their concern is taxes are gonna go up. What are we gonna do about it? And so, that's where we're gonna look at making some adjustments. So, let's keep it as is for now. So let's go to retirement because this is the big question. Can I retire? So if we just look at this bird's eye view up here, retirement funds analysis, basically at 93 and 88, they're out of money. Okay, which is, you know, that's a pretty good scenario. 93 and 88, I feel pretty comfortable with that. I would like it to get to 100 for both of them. But right now, I feel pretty good about where they're at. Now, rate of return needed to avoid a shortfall is 6.25. Remember what we're running this at, like 5.7%, right? So all we got to do from an investment standpoint is get just a slight bit more of rate of return. And this is going to last forever. Okay, so five point seven to six point two five is all we need rate of return rise. And remember, asset wise, we've got one hundred thousand dollars sitting here in the bank earning nothing. What if we take that hundred thousand dollars and put it into play and get some interest on it? then we're actually pushing those years out even more. Okay, so we know we need to work a little bit on the retirement income strategy, but let's focus on taxes because taxes are where they're really concerned. So let's go back to scenarios. And the first scenario I wanna look at from, from tax standpoint is the seven-year Roth conversion. Okay, I just wanna look at Roth. Remember, here's that repurposing bank money. We're gonna talk about that but let's just look at the Roth conversion for a second. All right, so here is the current scenario with the seven year Roth conversions. Now remember, everything else is gonna stay the same. John's gonna retire in two years at 62. Now, when we were putting this video together, he was 59, he had a birthday, so he's 60. So he's gonna retire in two years at 62. He's currently making $190,000, so nothing's changing. His social security is 67, is where we're gonna take it. Spousal benefit for his wife and we're going to take the primary benefit for John so let's look at the Roth conversions that's the main thing because remember if you remember his assets right now he's got 93 percent of his assets are at risk meaning they're in the market and 91 percent of his assets are qualified that means that there's going to be taxes owed on that money when it comes out but John's main concern is what are taxes going to be in the future okay now The benefit that John has is he has a very large 401k balance. He's got $1.3 million in his 401k. He's maxing it out basically every year. So he's got a large 401k balance. That's not a bad thing. He kind of looks at it as a bad thing because of all the tax he's gonna have to pay. Remember, that's not all his money. $1.3 million is not all his. About 80% of that is his. 20% of that is Uncle Sam's, which is why we wanna look at doing Roth conversions we're not gonna be able to settle the entire tax issue unless John and Cindy wanna take a huge tax hit up front. And they don't wanna do that. So when we're doing Roth conversion strategies, we need to be smart. We need to say, okay, what makes the most sense for right now? And what's our tipping point at how much in taxes we wanna to pay today to alleviate the tax risk in the future? Because I'm a big proponent of Roth conversions. But i'm not a proponent of saying well let's convert all million dollars today pay a ton of taxes because unless you have the cash available to do that or the cash flow to pay the taxes you've got to find some money somewhere to pay those taxes you don't want to do it out of your ira especially when you do the conversion because that causes more taxable income it's a penalty if you're under age 59 and a half so we really want to look at this and say okay john and cindy maybe we can't alleviate all your tax burden but maybe we can do a bunch All right, so let's look at this. So we have two more Roth conversion accounts we're gonna add in there. So here's our cash flows. So we're doing a Roth conversion, meaning we're moving money from IRA to Roth IRA. Now with a Roth conversion, you have a five-year rule. And the five-year rule on Roth conversions says that you have to wait Five years before you use that money for retirement income for each individual conversion. So if you do a Roth conversion in the year 2023, you got to wait to the year 2028 before you can use that for retirement income. 2024, 2029. It's not like a Roth contribution, it's a Roth conversion. There's a five year window on every conversion, no matter how old you are 30 years old or 80 years old, you got a five year window. So We're gonna do a seven year Roth conversion. So from 2023 to 2029, we're gonna do seven years of a Roth conversion from IRA to Roth IRA. He's gotta wait five years before he can touch this 2023 one, another five years on 2024, another five years on 2025, and so on and so forth. So what we do when it comes to the Roth or when it comes to the retirement income is we adjust the withdrawal order. So we wanna take our Roth conversion accounts for retirement income and make them the backbone of his retirement income, meaning, this is gonna be the last thing we touch. The first thing is gonna be the 401k, then the brokerage account, and then the Roth conversion accounts are gonna come up here before the bank. We're gonna adjust that later on down the line as we do reviews, but we wanna make sure we do not touch those Roth IRAs within the five years or we're gonna pay a penalty on that money. So we've gotta always be cognizant of that. So if you look, here we go. Here is five of the Roth conversions. Remember, we're doing seven. So he's going to do two while he's still working. This is 62. He's retired. We're going to do five more. Now, here's the thing. We're still running out of money at 90 and 85. It was from the last scenario, 93 and 88. Okay, so we lost three years of retirement income by doing the conversions. Why is that? Because he had to pay taxes up front. We lost tax dollars, cash flow, money that was being invested up front for the Roth conversion. So when we look at this, this scenario is incomplete. Yes, we are helping John alleviate one of his concerns, which is taxes. But we're doing an injustice because he's actually losing three years of retirement income because of doing the conversions. So sometimes it's not as simple as reading a Forbes article that says do all your conversions because you gotta put the numbers in. That's why you need a financial EKG. That's why you need to look at this and say, okay, how do I make this work? But what's in the best interest of me and my spouse and my partner and my kids and, and my family? If you want a financial EKG, all the information is in the description below. Would love to sit down and do this with you. So. Now we got to look at this and we say, okay, John, we're doing the conversions. If we look at like, let's go to 80 years old, basically all he's got is Roth money now or 1099 bank money. So at 80, you know, you're 2043, they got $930,000 in assets. They don't have any taxes, right? Cause none of that money's taxable. They're probably a little 1099 interest is taxable, but for the most part, there's no taxes there. They do have a house, worth $800,000. So at 80, they could do a reverse mortgage. They could sell the house and downsize. Now remember, they live in a very expensive part of Florida, so they could move to a lesser cost part of Florida. They could do a reverse mortgage. They could do something to make their income last. What I always try to do as a financial advisor is I don't want you to have to leave your primary residence. I don't want you to have to like move at 80, 85, 90 years old. I I mean, if you want to do that, and I've got clients that do that, great. And that's a good plan. But I don't necessarily want to say, hey, at 85, you're going to have to move. I don't know what your health's going to be like. I don't know what the life, you know, what the world's going to look like. So if we can get our spendable assets to last to 100, then we, look, we can look at our primary residence and say, well, this is gravy if I need it. Okay, so let's go back. Remember, on the scenario side, we have three different scenarios. We have their current scenario. We have a seven-year Roth conversion scenario. And we have a seven-year Roth conversion scenario repurposing some bank money. So let's go to that one. This is the last scenario we're gonna look at. So when you look at his assets, we've got 1.3 million in the 401k, we've got 25,000 in a brokerage account, okay? And now, remember he used to have $100,000 in the bank, now we have 25,000. And we were putting $5,000 a month into the bank, but instead, We're gonna put $75,000 into a brokerage account, a taxable brokerage account. We're gonna buy diversified ETFs, okay? And we're gonna put $5,000 a month into that. So for the next two years, we're gonna put $60,000 into this account, okay? $5,000 a month for the next two years. So let's see what happens. We still have our cash flows. Here's our Roth conversions. We're still doing our Roth conversions, which is great, still doing that. We go to retirement. And now we're back to where we started. We actually gained a year, 94 and 89. We were at the current scenario doing no Roth conversions. We were at 93 and 88. So now we've done the Roth conversions. We've repurposed some bank money. We've got a little bit more money working for us instead of sitting in the bank. And we've gained an extra year. I feel really good about this. Again, at 94, right? They still have a $922,000 house. If it's half of that, we got a $500,000 house. So we have enough money to last for the rest of our life. So this is why when you look at these scenarios, you can't just look at it and say, oh, I'm gonna blanket this scenario. I'm just gonna do a Roth, no, no, no. It's gotta be personalized. Cause for John, his main concern was taxes, right? Alleviate the tax burden. We did that, look at this. We go to 80, right? We actually have more money here at 80 than we did in the last scenario, but we've got $837,000 worth of Roth money that's really good. We've alleviated a big tax burden because we have so much Roth money. But what we also had to do for John was we had to look at his other investments, his other retirement investments and say, okay, John, maybe you need to invest some of this money out of the bank. Repurpose that. Doesn't have to be anything fancy, just some diversified index funds. We like Vanguard, just some diversified Vanguard index funds. get you about 6% a year. And now we've got our income running out at 94 and 89. Now we still have our social securities. We still have our house. So we still have some options once we get there. So this is why you want a financial EKG. You don't want something that's just put in Excel and you hope it works. You want a detailed scenario that looks at taxes, that looks at our retirement income, and looks at everything that's going on in our retirement life to get us to retirement through retirement and protect our ability to stay in retirement. Thank you so much for watching today. God bless. Bye-bye.